Welcome to Godseeker. This is Elizabeth Fulgaro. The current message, power. I sat that January afternoon in 2019 at the linen-covered table in the little apartment at the assisted living facility in one of northern Germany's major cities with two gracious, strong women whom I had known for over 40 years. The table was set with a delicate white china decorated with fluting and flourishes of soft white flowers touched with pale greens and cream. The winter sunlight slanted low on the horizon through the fifth-story window through a smattering of clouds. The rain which had been would return. This was Hamburg. Rain was common to its climate throughout the year and most definitely in winter months. Our hostess poured the rich, thick coffee into the waiting china teacups. Each of us selected from one of the luxurious cake slices brought from the bakery down the street. This was German coffee hour, a lovely late afternoon tradition of companionship, conversation, strong bitter coffee, and an assortment of cakes. I had come to this family for the first time. In June of 1976, as an American high school graduate, to begin a year as a foreign exchange student, excited to experience life in another country, to immerse myself in its people, language, and culture. I came to what was then a divided Germany, which had remained split into east and west, with barbed wire and guard towers as a result of a power struggle at the end of World War II. My first experience with afternoon coffee time was that first Sunday in Germany when Mutti and Fati, which is German for mom and dad, along with their two grown children, accompanied me to the grandmother's house. She served home-baked shortcake with fresh strawberries and loads of whipped cream. I shoved large forkfuls of the fluffy sweetness into my mouth to drown out the taste of the coffee. It would be months of participating in coffee hour before I began to look forward to sipping the black stuff until it became a comfort food because of the good memories which went with it. But when I first arrived, the few words of German that I knew weren't enough to politely decline the as-yet yucky-seeming brew. Over the course of two years of living in Germany, once after high school and once after college, the language skills had come, and now, over 40 years later, I had the extreme blessing of remaining close to all three different families in different parts of the country with whom I had lived. They were no longer faceless, obscure people over there, but family, precious, known, treasured, and dear. Now, on this January afternoon, Muti was in her early 90s living in an assisted living apartment. It was blessing to visit again. It would be our last. There at the table so beautifully set for coffee hour, which is also part of the tradition, we whiled away the afternoon hours. We were cherishing each other, chatting about life, possibilities, current events, and cheerful memories. This Hamburg family, for the most part, did not share my faith in God. 
Oh, my Mutti had been raised going to church, but like many Western Europeans, what she had experienced of Christianity and the history of its societal impact, especially in Europe over the centuries, made Christianity seem like a sham to her. Not too long into adulthood, she had stopped attending church and had a measure of disdain for many pastors. The seeking of money for their pastorates was a far too frequent sermon topic as far as she was concerned, one more sign to her that the church, as it had become, did not have a lot in common with Jesus. The family was aware of what I believed, and out of respect for one another, they allowed me to share as freely about my faith and how it impacted my daily life as they shared their frustration with it. Meanwhile, I trusted God to work on all of our hearts, mine and theirs, through our conversations so that each of us received what was needed on our respective journeys of faith, in his timing and in his way, whether I could see it or not. I don't remember the exact topic we were discussing that dusky January afternoon, but whatever the topic, it had caused me to mention God's power, in a positive and encouraging way, of course. Our conversation was exclusively in the German language. I used the German word Macht to make my point, which was the German word I had learned and heard used most often when talking about God as Almighty or All-Powerful. However, Mutti and my beloved exchange sister Iris jumped on my words. It shifted the tenor of an otherwise genteel conversation. I was suddenly that ignorant young American again, but they would help me learn, well-meaning, but definitely letting me know that perhaps there was more than I as yet understood. Macht, said Mutti intently, denoted a power which was oppressive. Did I know that? It meant a domination of one group over another, my exchange sister Iris added. They were very concerned about my use of Macht, in a different light. Mutti reminded me how she had grown up under the Macht, the oppression of Nazi Germany. She had experienced the war. She and her mother had fled their hometown to escape the Russians who invaded their region at the end and were known for raping local women. During the arduous journey to try to get to where the Americans were, Mutti had been shot in the head. There had been an emergency surgery in a military unit. She had survived. Mutti now moved the conversation to relay her deep concern for the rising neo-Nazi movements. Mutti and Iris now lectured me with urgency, fervency, and simultaneous kindness about misuse of power through history, including through the church. Macht, power, was not good. This twist in the conversation caused me pause. It was a wake-up call. I had used the word Macht properly. As a foreigner, I had to wonder about that first. But Macht was the proper word to speak of God's power. However, I had never considered power much at all as a concept before. I knew power could be and had been misused, but I don't think I had grappled with the massive extent to which power had been and still is misused for the purpose of asserting control of one people group over another. 
I had not experienced the broad negative effect which power could be. Then this was the oxymoron. Muti and my sister wanted me to understand that macht was indeed a word for power, but that it was always oppressive. Power, one person or people group looking to dominate another. This is what macht meant. But that's not how God is. God's power was not oppressive. It was not. Ever. It had never been. It was still macht. It was still power. But God's power was a different sort. And clearly, God's power had not been represented accurately by any human person in history. Especially those who had chosen to exert this negative power in his name over the centuries. Power God's way looked like Jesus. There was a type of power that was not oppressive but was also power. In fact, it was superior. It was the only true power, just elusive this side of heaven. This power was like God's. Yes, Jesus' power. Jesus' power was not wimpy. He could raise the dead to life. He did not draw back from conflict. He spoke the truth to the Pharisees about their shallow excuse for the type of life to which God called. But Jesus' almighty essence was different than human power structures which sought to conquer. Jesus' power was overall, yet an expression of selfless love, not selfish, not selfish, self-focused domination. But like the kingdom Jesus talked about and showed us, his power was and remains not of this world. Yet it's a power which he wants to teach us so we can be a flow-through of this essential, true, good, different God power to others. Never perfectly, but learning. This January conversation with Muti and Iris was the beginning of an ongoing personal search to continue to look at Jesus and learn from him more about power his way. That's the only type of power we want to flow through us. God's way with macht, which when experienced is life-giving and freedom-providing, the perfect, all-good, magnificent power of God's love. We still have a lot to learn to treat people this way. As said, it will never be perfectly, but with the Holy Spirit's help, we can learn. May God's Spirit continue to lead us. Listen to the song, Give Me Your Heart. You can find it on my YouTube channel. Search under my name, Elizabeth Fulgaro. It is also available on some streaming services and via CD. Let's conclude with a scripture from the book of the prophet Jeremiah, who wrote down some of God's messages to the people of his time. These messages are also for us. Jeremiah chapter 31, verse 3. The Lord appeared from of old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness have I drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. Thank you for joining in. Until next time, 
This is Elizabeth Fulgaro. I am praying for you. Let the song, Give Me Your Heart, become your prayer. And keep seeking God.